following is a special presentation of the Benefit of the Dowd podcast. From Chicago, it's the Doubting Thomas podcast with Clifton Thomas and your host, Welcome to the Doubting Thomas Monthly Recap. I am your host, Adam Dowd, and joining me as always is Clifton M. Thomas. What is up, Clifton? I'm so freaking tired. <laughs> so am I. And you know what oh. I you know what I think it is? It's it's March 25th already. And like, what the hell? Where is 2021 going? It's like flying by crazy. Like, so I'm on vacation and here I am working. Uh, so go figure that one. Um, let it never be said that I will I will put anything before this podcast because I'm I am on vacation this week, folks. But here I am recording. I'm going to be writing out a script tomorrow and recording and editing. Honestly, I should take two weeks off, but I'm not going to. I'm just taking two weeks off of like everything else (laughs) podcast never sleeps my friend podcast sleeps for no man that is true so um anyway yeah so this morning um i i've been doing a lot of geocaching this week so and it's mainly because like every time a new geocache has popped up i've been like Screw it, I'm on vacation, let's go. Um, And so that's been fun. But, you know, since I've been doing so much geocaching, you can say, I've been doing a lot of walking. (laughs) (laughs) No. You get that. Yes, yes. You you did it again. I I had to say, I had to say it I had to say it here because if I didn't say it here it was going to end up on the podcast <laughs> this weekend so um it just it had to do it it had to happen and you had it's to be here in for a clip. the podcast now so, it is <laughs> it and is I just realized that I'm using a computer that's not plugged in because I've been doing a review on this new computer and I've been doing a battery test and I really hope that it'll last. It says I have an hour and 12 minutes, so it should be okay. But uh, And yeah, by the way, we are kind of on a hard deadline tonight because okay. after we're done recording this, I need to go make dinner. So, um, keep my, my walking voices to a minimum then. I, I, I mean, I would say I appreciate that, but let's face it, sometimes they're awesome. <sighs> um, so, uh, so, Cliff, what, what watch are you wearing these days? You know, I'm actually shifting between three different watches right now. I Of course you are. I have the TicWatch Pro 3, which is okay. a Wear OS watch, and I absolutely love it. I have the, um, the what is the Samsung watch called? The Gear... Samsung Galaxy Watch. <laughs> Galaxy Watch 3. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I have the new uh, Wise Watch, forty-seven millimeter. The Wise Watch, yeah. And uh, so I unboxed that earlier today. The, the unboxing's not going to go live for several weeks, but uh, the reason that's where I was going with this was we're both wearing the Wise Watch right now. I'm going to hold it up here, and it's it's very large and probably upside down. But uh, but yeah. So this is a twenty dollar 
smartwatch. Yes. No, I'm not going to fix it in poach. The, this is a $20 smartwatch. And I mean, okay, it's a fitness tracker, let's be honest, yeah. but it does like notifications and it does heart rate, tr- rate tracking. And it actually syncs with Google Fit, I noticed um, earlier, which is, I did not know that. you know, which is cool, but I've been using Samsung Health for like the last few weeks, so that's kind of a bummer. It is kind we of a really disadvantage just need... of bouncing between all the different watch yeah, ecosystems. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But, um, I guess you could you use know what like Strava or something to tie them all together. But... Yeah. Um, you know what I like? And actually, uh, uh, folks, just so you know, Cliff is actually going to be doing the review of the Wise Watch for the podcast. And the reason for that is because I'm going to be doing the review for the Wise Watch for Digital Trends, and I'm not allowed to double dip. So <laughs> I said, well, Cliff has one. He can review it. Uh, but anyway, one thing I noticed today, uh, Cliff, that you know you might want to include in your review wink wink is that not only does um not only does the wise watch have a goal set for um steps but also for calories burned which i thought was a nice touch it's nice and it's just so, a nice little swipe over to the right and it's all that information yeah right or something there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm still learning it i just unboxed it like an hour ago it is so um, it, it's like everything is well not everything but a lot of it's the reverse of of what your muscle memory is for uh, for Wear OS or even Samsung. Excellent. Yeah, that's Excellent. great. That's going to be great. That's going to be <laughs> really great trying to learn that. Um, but you know what? My favorite thing is so far, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this on the on the air, and and I'm going to allow background noise on the air because that's how that's how we do. But I'm gonna push the fine phone in three, two, one. So fast. you see how fast that was? So oh fast. my god, it's so amazing! Like. It was funny because when I went to unbox this, I realized, okay, I found it. Thank you. <laughs> I did. You can't turn it off. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I did turn it off. It just wanted to go through one more cycle. Gotcha. I get it. But anyway, um, when I when I unbox this, I left my phone inside. You know, I unbox stuff out of my sun porch, and then I realized, wait, I'm gonna want to set this watch up. I should probably have my phone. So. I came inside and I was wandering around looking for my phone. By the way, and the the video was filming this entire like my empty table this entire time while I was looking for my phone. But like I had the Galaxy Watch on and so I did the find my phone from the Galaxy Watch and it never went off. <laughs> and I tried it two or three times huh. and now in, in fairness the Galaxy Watch was almost dead. So I wonder if maybe that was like the one thing it that like, like killed a it. power mode or something. It might have been, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um, so then I like I, I unbox this and I pair it up to my phone and like I just like I'm like, what's this? Bling! I'm like, holy crap, that was fast! And you know what? Booting up is super fast too. It is in general, and, I, and just no, I'm oh, sorry, ahead. I was just gonna say, I, I think in general, just um, the, the, the because they've avoided things that I think would make it feel slower, like doing um, an animation between the different an operating tiles and stuff. system. <laughs> It just it feels it feels faster than I think it actually is, because it's just yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> but speaking of fast, you know what was super fast? Moving into the watch. Yeah, like I I thought I was gonna have to boop the video. I did not have to boop the video. <laughs> like I it said, oh, you want a pair of watch? Great. Here's a QR code. Scan the QR code. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so it is I'm just super like, simple. I, it was like thirty seconds. I was crazy. Here's, like here's a, I go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please. I was just going to say, what's interesting about, you're talking about moving into the watch, but it's just, Wise is very interesting in that, as an example, I also have a pair of their Bluetooth headphones. And Mm. for those of you who aren't familiar with Wise, they also make um, smart home cameras. Uh, 
Uh, they have a huge ecosystem of stuff. Networking. Yes, they do. And it's all through the same app. Like you manage the headphones in the same app that you manage the. It's the uh, yeah the smartwatch yeah. and your lights and your. I don't and your doorbell. Yeah, and I, I guess that's cameras. a good thing. Yep. I guess. I mean, you think yeah. about like if you, if you ever install a Galaxy Watch app uh, or a Galaxy Watch on a non Samsung phone, it's the exact opposite of that. It has like eight apps attached to it. And it just yeah, downloads true. plugins to, and all sorts of things. Yeah. So it's oh, totally. it's a refreshingly simple, like you said, setup process. And mm-hmm. I mean, for twenty nine dollars, it's so far for me. My experience with it has been really good. See, for me, it was actually twenty. I think I actually ordered mine before you because mine was oh, nineteen ninety nine. Wow. wow! So which is weird because you got yours first. And um, I was talking to my editor over at Digital Times and the at tr- Digital Trends. Sorry, and the reason I'm doing the review for the for the watch at Digital Trends, one of the reasons is because I actually have one, and I guess media samples were actually put on hold oh. in in lieu of pre orders. Huh. So they actually shipped out pre orders first before they shipped them to the press. So. I actually have a watch before anybody at Digital Trends will, unless they actually ordered one. And for twenty bucks, why wouldn't you? Right, exactly. <laughs> but, that's that's kind of what yeah. I was like. If it's even half as good as uh, you know one of the other watches for the price, Show me. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It is also interesting, so, real quick, that Wise has doing is doing so many different things on pre order. Do you get? Did you get the little the emails that they send out updating? I've them? gotten the constant barrage of emails. <laughs> yes, it's like here's the eight things that we have on pre order that you can buy. Yep, anyway. and we're 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 gonna send out this one and this time yes. and this one and this time and this one and this time and like yeah, I don't care about any of that. When are you sending me my watch? I kind of want that vacuum. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the, the yeah. one for your car or the not the not the robot vacuum, but they have a like a almost like a dust buster. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it, anyway. That's yeah. something else anyway, you okay. can pre-order. We should, yeah. Since we, since we've already spent, actually, maybe that was the review just now. I don't know, but <laughs> but no, uh, since we've already spent like you know ten minutes talking about the Wise Watch, that's probably about as much airtime as it'll get on the podcast. So congratulations, Wise, you are making out like gangbusters on this show. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we should move on to what happened in the month that was, and we started off by talking with Sasha Segan from PC Mag and. Damn, that was a great conversation that I had with him. Like he is just so he's he's just so knowledgeable about like all the nitty gritty details. I mean, like who else is gonna tell you about the Boston Diocese, uh, Archdiocese owning five G spectrum in in New York? Not Boston, Brooklyn. Sorry, what? Brooklyn Archdiocese. Yes. Did you not listen? <laughs> I mean, it was a month ago, but uh, yeah, that was. I guess I that I was like my one part. of my favorite takeaways um, was that the the uh, Archdiocese of Brooklyn actually owns some of the spectrum um, for five G because of some like. I don't know. It, I don't. I don't even know why they owned it, but it was just like I like as soon as he said Archdiocese of Brooklyn, I like tuned out everything else, and I'm like, what? <laughs> little, but, little, little um, known fact: God already has six G. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I mean, oh, you see, and that's the consequence of having this phone. The the and I, I guess actually maybe we should just talk about this. I've got the Samsung Galaxy Fold Two here and i'm showing it to the camera Ooh, even though there's nobody uh, watching right now um but yeah so I've, i'm going to be reviewing this for the podcast as well since i 
went to the trouble of lending Samsung $2,000 so I could borrow it for a little while. But anyway, since we were talking about the Ys, and I think I figured we'd probably talk about the Fold a little bit too, I have it out. So you heard that notification courtesy of planned coverage, but now I'm putting it in a drawer where it belongs, so we're moving on. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah. So Sasha Segan uh, was telling, you know, explaining everything about the Spectrum, and it's, as it turns out, Verizon's being kind of a dick about the Spectrum that it bought. Um, the, it's reserving its mid-band Spectrum for um, what was it? Get more, play more, pay more customers, basically, like the premium, premium data, tier like, customers. F you, Verizon. <laughs> right, right, and you know what? I, I kind of wonder where this falls in the area of like net neutrality because like when you think about it you you want to say that on the one hand data is data but on the other hand as we learned from Sasha the whole reason that this spectrum was so valuable is because it offers the coverage that you want from an LTE tower but also the speed that you want from a 5G node so it's it's actually like it actually is a different type of data in that it moves much more quickly and much more efficiently than low band 5g mm. does so i mean like i kind of wonder like if net neutrality rules would even apply here just because you know it, well, it's you know it's different spectrum well, you know it's, so it's here's the thing that i think about yeah. right is, is is it's a different delivery method and actually i have an analogy it before you before you dive in, like, like expect the FCC expecting Verizon to serve up its mid-band 5G as the same as low-band 5G would be kind of like going up to, you know, uh, cable companies and saying, what the F, why aren't you as fast as fiber? Well, because it's a different delivery method, you know? And so, like, you pay one thing for cable and another price for fiber, it could be the same thing for low band and mid band five G. I could see that. I could I could see the argument being made by Ajit Pai now that he's retired. Uh, but <laughs> so what I was going to say, and I'm I'm not sure that it makes as much sense now. But uh, sorry, Spectrum <laughs> in general is, is not owned by. The, so what I'm trying to say, Verizon doesn't own that Spectrum. They just have a license to use it. Correct. Right. right. Because it 100%. belongs to the public. And part of that, I think, as far as the agreement, is that it has to serve the public good, right? Like you're, in order to use that. So what I'm saying is, yeah. is if they are they are doing tiered pricing like that, while still calling it both of them 5G. Yeah, so I'm not sure that that's really serving, the, or that's in the public's best interest, or that they're that's yeah. a good practice as far as uh consumers are concerned. But at the same time, Verizon did spend $45 billion with a B dollars on it. So, I mean, you got to kind of look at Verizon's self-interest there as well. I mean, you know, you, you could argue that the $45 billion is in the public's best interest, and Verizon gets to do with that license now, whatever I it just, wants. I mean, I'm just playing a little devil's advocate yeah, I, here. I get what but, you're saying. I just, I feel like it's a slippery slope when you start tearing... Oh, yeah. When you, when you when you have 5G with an asterisk and then you have to read the fine print, and uh -huh. oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, it, it it becomes because because if that becomes some like an accepted business practice, then with net neutrality being the question, are you not going to be allowed to use or view certain kinds of things on the slower spectrum? I mean, they can really they can really 
start they ratcheting down and with their control. So I don't know. Just something to think about. Regardless, it's a dick move. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it really is a dick move, Verizon. Bad Verizon, no cookie. Whereas I think T-Mobile has already said, you know, any of our 5G customers can use whatever spectrum they want. We're just we're just in the business of delivering fastest frick internet. Um, so, and I kind of wonder where AT&T lies on that particular scale. I don't think they've really sounded off on it. When they when they had their investors call, they focused a lot more on fiber to the home rather right. than rather than actually what they were going to do with the 5G stuff that they bought because I think if I remember the correct uh, the correctly from Sasha Segan's conversation, I think most of what AT&T bought actually kicks in in 2023 or something like that. I think mm-hmm. they bought the later available 5G spectrum. Whereas Verizon kind of gobbled up everything that was going to be available like at the end of the year, hmm. so I could be I could be wrong on that, but I know that Verizon gobbled up pretty much everything that was going to be available soon. I'm just glad that Sasha is keeping up with this, <clears throat> so that I don't have to yes. know the intricacies. <laughs> Absolutely, just like excuse Absolutely. me, Absolutely. If only he would deign to come onto the show, like I don't know, once a month and explain <laughs> everything to us, because like, it is such it, it is such a changing landscape. Because mm-hmm. like you know, even as we were talking at the beginning of the month, the FCC was gearing up to release another, um, what is it like, hundred megahertz of spectrum in the midband, like like three three point four five to three point five five. Gigahertz, if I remember correctly, and so that's going to be going on up in auction, like in at towards the end of the fall. So, like, I, I think I think we're going to have to have Sasha on fairly regularly, <laughs> like semi annually, just to like kind of help us keep up with what's going on. Absolutely, but um, but I, and, and 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 I'm sure he would be happy to do it because he was a fun guy to talk to, and he's a WebOS nerd. Did you know that? Uh I did not actually. So, uh, funny story when we uh, when we met with we met on Zoom, I think, and like I guess my profile icon for Zoom is the same as what it is on Google. It's like that. You remember that Veer graphic mm-hmm. that I made with like the boxing ago. gloves? Yes. And he's like, like I didn't have my video on like right away when he joined, and he's like, "Was that a Palm? What is it? Was that a Palm Pre?" And I'm like. <laughs> It took me a second to realize what he was talking about. I'm like, oh, no, that was a veer. And so I like showed him with like the boxing gloves and, you know, what, what was it, like small but mighty or something like that? I think that? so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that oh, that's, that's one of my proudest uh, Photoshop fa- uh, um, pieces, too. Um, <laughs> but anyway. So, yeah, fun fact about Sasha Segan. He's a, he's a WebOS nerd. And I, WebOS nerds uh, are when everywhere. I, you just have to... You just flip over a rock and you'll find one. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, I'm going to have him on uh, Beyond a Doubt, definitely. And um, so that'll be fun. Uh, Speaking of which, our next guest on Beyond a Doubt is going to be a guest who has appeared on this show. That's going to be Mike uh, Mike Hahn, Bender. Um, We've got to schedule our thing. I think it's going to be early next week that we're going to chat. Um, Very cool. Because I'll I'll still be on vacation and we're going to build some Legos. That's exciting. I can't can't wait to watch that one. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Have you seen the Lego set that we're gonna do? No. What are you guys doing? Or is it a secret? Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell yeah, you. Yeah, no. don't don't. You gotta, the you're gonna have to tune in to Beyond a Doubt um, yes. on 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 Patreon. You see, and in order to see that, I so. even even I have to wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, you are a patron though, so you'll see it. Yes, so if you are amazing. a patron like me, then you can have early access to see speed building of Lego sets. Well. 
well, actually, that's not going to be a speed build. That's oh, going to be a that's going to be a that's going to be a slow build. <laughs> um, or actually, maybe I mean, maybe we could do like a speed build. Maybe I could like have the conversation and like just edit out all the boring parts and like speed build through the video while we play the audio over it. I don't know. No, I was probably going to do it like like with the gaming with Enabong, um, where I had right, like right, the right. game cam, the secondary. So camera. I'm going to have the yeah. Lego cam. It's going to be great. So, um, yeah, cool. That That's going to be fun. That's going to be coming up um, in just a couple of days. So, um, patrons, watch out for that uh, thing, because as soon as I get that scheduled, I'm going to put that link up on Patreon, <laughs> Patreon, like what I did not do for this show today, because I am a fool, and I'm on vacation. That's going to be my excuse for the rest of the, uh, for the, rest of the show. Something. So, we should move on. Well, you're here because I invited you. Uh, but um, but the next thing that we did this this month uh, was I had a few I had a few devices that merited more than a tech yeah, but not maybe not quite as much as a for a full review. <laughs> so I kind of went with like two and a half mini reviews of I had two Zag keyboards. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which I've got the back plate here. My iPad's actually upstairs, um, but uh, I've got the Zag Pro Keys and the Zag Messenger Folio Folio Two. Yeah. And then we also talked about the Samsung Galaxy Watch Three, which was. Um, and by the way, I've got an editorial coming up. Um, I think probably with Android Central about Samsung marketing. And like how I became such a Samsung shill for the last over the last month and a half. But anyway, you got a picture um, to prove it. So the the big thing here, the headline of this particular um, Zag review was: I found a keyboard that is replacing my bridge keyboard, and that is not easy to do. I am. I was like, really surprised to see you say that. I because your well, love for you know, bridge bri- is well known. Yeah, yeah the, the bridge keyboard is an amazing keyboard. I really love like the travel and the feel of the mm-hmm. keys and everything like that. And this keyboard is a very, very close second. Like it's neck and neck. Um, you know, I'm going to hold it up next to me, even though no, you know, people that listening aren't going to be able to see it. But the like the travel and the pitch and uh, these keys is equally good. Like a very close second. Like I said. But the big deal is the fact that I can hold up this keyboard without the iPad attached to it, which means I can use my iPad in portrait mode, which for me is a big deal. And like with the bridge keyboard, you can't do that because a bridge keyboard clamps onto your iPad with like these metal and rubber clamps clamp things and you know the only way to get the keyboard out is just to take it off and like i didn't want to do that because it was kind of annoying it kind of felt it it felt unintuitive compared to what the bridge is there to do which is to basically turn your ipad into a mini laptop so i liked the the uh i watched your unboxing which by the way you can see both the galaxy watch 3 and the zag keyboards that adam was talking about on uh the Benefit of the Doubt YouTube channel, you can see them on Box. And right you know what the address for that Benefit of the Doubt YouTube channel is now? Do you have it? YouTube, YouTube.com slash C slash Benefit of the nice. Doubt. I did not know we yes, passed that. because we hit 100 subscribers this week, and YouTube made me wait a couple of days just to make sure I wasn't going to drop back down to 99. Um, and actually, we're at 101 now, hmm. so that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, but anyway, so... Um, 
So yeah, we uh, we we officially got across that first milestone um, to get a hundred subscribers and to get um, the custom name for the YouTube channel. Next milestone is a thousand subscribers, mm. and that's when we can start monetizing and we can make the sweet sweet pennies <laughs> for every view <laughs> that you guys uh, that you guys watch. So it's going to be pretty sweet. Oh yeah. Um, but you know. The real money's in sponsorships, but anyway, so yeah. But the uh, the pro specifically, I liked that it was detachable, right? So that you could do it in the portrait if you wanted to, and mm-hmm. and uh, had the the place for the Apple Pen, which was kind of or, or Apple Pencil rather, which was kind of yep. nice. Just and it has the the two different devices that you can connect to, so you ah. can connect to your iPad, and then you can connect. Like I set the other connection to my uh, to my laptop. So like when I was typing something on my iPad, and like I looked up and there was something on my laptop that I had to interact with, uh. then I could just like switch over to the laptop, type on there. And I also I've got the Logitech um, MX seven twenty, I believe, mouse, which has three different devices mm-hmm. you can connect to. So I connected my iPad to number two on here, so I can use the mouse and keyboard. On my iPad, you are a man and, of many um, keyboards right now. I will say, I I am, and because I've also got the uh, the Logitech. Um, what was that? The is that the K seven eighty? I think it is. <laughs> it's Logitech um, branding with a lot of things is about it's about as hard to keep up with as five G bands. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? You know what really works really well with this particular keyboard is, first of all, you can set in your iPad and your phone side by side. Mm. And there's um, three different keys. uh, Yeah, yeah, three different buttons that you can press so you can connect to a laptop, an iPad, and your phone. Mm -hmm. And the other nice thing is with the... uh, With the Galaxy Fold, I can open that up and just set it down in uh, in the phone holder in the back. And like I'm, I'm good to go. It just sits there open most most of the day when I'm sitting here working, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, it's it's pretty great. It would be really interesting, just as a quick aside. Um, do you remember when Tim Stifler Dean at WebOS Roundup did the living on? I think he just lived cool. on his pre for like. That's a name I haven't heard in yeah, a long time. Right. <laughs> uh, but he lived on his pre for like a, a month and and blogged about it on. That's insane. I know. But it would be kind of interesting to do something similar with your fold and then that keyboard just PC list. Like even do like use Adobe Rush to edit all of your videos. I'm not saying you should oh do it, but you could. I could. I Challenge could. Accepted? It would be interesting. Um I I don't know how I would record the podcast though, because it's not like it I can really do I mean, I guess what I could do is I could kind of cheat and just record the podcast on Audition and then just export the file to, you know. You could actually get uh, a mic that plugs into USB-C and works with on your phone. Well, I I could, um, <laughs> but what would I edit it with? Like, what's a good sound editor on a phone? I would think you could just use uh, what I just mentioned. Um that's, Rush? Yeah, Rush, because Rush is both video and audio, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know how, I mean, because I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, like, I usually have like six or seven tracks in an average podcast, oh, so I don't I don't know how well Adobe Rush would handle that. Your phone might start smoking. Um, well, not only that, but just like manipulating, like, because I do like, you know, um, like, uh, like, uh, 
what's, what's it called when you combine two clips together and like they automatically fade in and out yeah, of each other? Exactly. A cross like, because yeah. Adobe Premiere does not do that. And F Adobe Premiere for not for not doing that, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, you have to do like keyframes and crap like that to get that I all done. Key, so I, I mean, I, I see where you're going with it. In my particular case, I don't think it would work very well. But I could see like someone, you know, someone who's like more of like a freelance writer. Yeah, definitely. I could I could easily see them doing it. Um, I'm just not sure how well like some CMSs would work with the phone. That's true. Um, that is, that is definitely but true. anyway. Um, it would be interesting to try, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do it. But, um, but and my full thoughts will be coming on the Galaxy Fold in the not too distant future. But um, I am using it as my daily driver right now, and it's uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. I'm just not sure it's two thousand dollars worth of a good time. So, Is anything really two thousand dollars worth of a good time? Right. Well, I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't. Hawaii, maybe. <laughs> I can see Hawaii. Um, but anyway, so we should, uh, we should move on though, because we have a lot more to cover and we don't have a heck of a lot more time. So the next people I talked to was beer maker. And, uh, this was Aaron walls from, from, um, from a company called beer maker. They are a homebrew, not that kind of homebrew. Um, (laughs) they're, they're a homebrew beer making company. And what they did was like their company is, uh, centered around like, you know, homebrew, you know, beer making equipment. Um, but what they decided was they, they took their homebrew, um, their kit and they said, you know what this needs, this needs Alexa. So they put, uh, they basically put Alexa on it and, uh, you know, it's a connected smart home beer, homebrew system that uh, that you can brew beer with, and it's it's an adaptable system where you can add your own ingredients and and stuff like that. It's it's actually it's it's a really cool concept. I ran into them at CES um, when I was working with uh, Digital Trends, and so I just said, you know, hey, I would like to talk to you about about this on my podcast, and they're like, yeah, that sounds like a good that sounds like fun, and um, you know, like one one thing that really came out in. Um, one thing that really came out was the passion that that these guys have for home brewing beer mm-hmm. and like it's it's a very passionate you know they are very passionate people it's a very passionate community and yes, um, it, it was just it was really you know what it's it, you know what like the best part of my job is talking to people who are really passionate about what I'm talking to them about because it's just it just engenders such a wonderful conversation it like does, you get sure. their excitement and yeah. it's actually it's actually very um very uh, contagious like you start to get excited about this thing that you never really gave a moment's thought to uh, I just so wait, I told you I, I was listening to this latest podcast that has the beer maker interview I did not make it to the beer maker interview though <laughs> uh, right so what exactly does Alexa? add to a, a homebrew it's it's not so much about alexa as it is about just having an app connected um homebrew machine mm-hmm. because like one of the things is like when you're making your own beer you can use so many different kinds of like different recipes mm-hmm. and and you know like each individual beer has its own 
you know, kind of hops and kind of barley and, you know, different flavoring that you can put in. And the cool thing about Beer Maker is that, like, it can detect how the beer is progressing along its trajectory huh. of, of, um, of, you know, brewing and whatever you do to brew beer. I don't know. I've never brewed beer but it can detect where that beer is along its trajectory and then send you smart notifications to let you know it's time to pitch your yeast or it's time to you know change out the bag or um it looks like you added you know some orange slices to your to your your mix and so now it's time to you know add more you know or so because you did that now you need to add more hops or mm -hmm. something like mm -hmm. that you know it's it can it can detect smartly it uses sensors to detect like where your beer is and it'll say like you know this needs to be done in the next six hours so like you know one of the things about homebrew is it's not a very accessible field like there's a lot to learn mm. to go into it absolutely like you need to know you need to know like what this what this barley is going to do and what what when is the exact right time to you know pitch the yeast and yada 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 and this app basically knows all of that for you so it's it really lowers the barrier of entry right. for home brewing and from what i remember i don't think it's that expensive like all things considered hmm. um i want to say it was like five hundred dollars something that's like not that. bad honestly I mean, yeah, I mean, when you consider all the equipment that you might need, and you'll get, like, I want to say about a gallon of beer out of it, hmm. something like that. So, like, two growlers, so, basically. And, like, they've got, yeah, yeah, it's $600. So, it's $579 okay. plus, you know, shipping and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, it's, like, it's very accessible considering, like, all the equipment you would otherwise need. So it makes it, it just makes the whole thing a lot more accessible. It lowers the barrier of entry so that, you know, newbies basically can come in here and start, you know, brewing their own beer. And, uh, you know, it just, it, and it, it, it opens up the community to that many more, you know, people. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to finish the podcast because I really, I was really interested because unlike you, I'm actually a, a I wouldn't call myself a beer aficionado. I'm not that knowledgeable, but I do it. Enjoy me a brewski or seven. Oh, sure. Um, and I do like craft <laughs> beer. And uh, Nice. So I think, yeah, that sounds really interesting. I just, the whole Alexa thing, I was like, so, but I, I totally get that it's more of a, the connected. Uh, uh, I want to say that there is Alexa integration, but I'll be honest, I don't know what that integration is. I think it's probably one of those things where you can say like, hey, person on Amazon, you know, what... You know, when's when do I need to pitch the yeast or something like that? I might be able I to think, tell you. I'm not 100 percent positive I think on that. It would so be don't quote me. Hilarious if it was a, a if Alexa was either a intoxicated as far as the voice is concerned, or B had like a <laughs> Bavarian accent. Just yeah, I wouldn't know. You need to add the yeast before you do the the hop is in the hoppy hoppy. Throw it in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're assuming German beer here. It could be Irish, you know. Ah, oh, well, you, well. you know, you, you should be pitching your yeast right about now. <laughs> and you could be throwing in the yeast about now. bastard. <laughs> oh, so many people are offended now. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry. But uh, uh. I, and I can... 
I can confirm that I have uh, that I do have some listeners in Ireland, although possibly not anymore. Uh, <laughs> you did, but have anyway. In um, and then uh, finally, oh yeah, I used to. Um, and then finally, uh, for the to round you out the month, man, this week was crazy. And we are not going to get into every single device that came out this week, but basically it was like a mini October this week because we had um, the OnePlus 9 and its siblings, the OnePlus 9 Pro and the OnePlus 9N. We had a Black Shark 4. We had two new Poco phones. We had a Realme 8 Pro, which apparently is kind of terrible. Uh, we had uh, four new Moto G phones, and we had a Vivo X60 flagship with um, Carl Zeiss branded um, uh, lenses built in. So, I mean, that's all going to be talked about um, on, well, okay, as as you listen to this, this will have been talked about on the latest podcast that's going to be coming out before this, but I haven't written that script yet, so I don't really think I can comment too much, except that I will say we are getting a OnePlus 9 Pro to review mm-hmm. um, with with many, many thanks to Android Central, who is I don't know if you want to say donating, but they're basically letting me use it. So, well, you are which an is very nice for them. I'll probably be doing some. Or more. you're a freelancer for them. So. Uh, I'm a freelancer, but yeah. So I'll be I'll be doing some OnePlus Nine content for them for sure. But um, they're going. They generously said that I can go ahead and do a review on the podcast, which I appreciate um, because honestly, I don't know how to say this without really pissing off a small vocal minority of people, but like. I love what OnePlus is doing as a company. Like, I think OnePlus has made remarkable progress in what they are doing as a company. I think they're do- making a lot of all a lot of the right moves. Maybe not every single move that they do is right, but they're making a lot of correct moves. Um, partnering with T-Mobile, building their uh, building their sh- um, uh, their market share in the United States, um, actually making really good flagship phones. Like you know, instead of being you know holding on to that flagship killer. Um, stuff that they were doing, but like OnePlus phones themselves have never excited me. Hmm. So like I've used the original OnePlus for about two weeks before I broke it, the one that I bought from Cliff. Um, straight over the handlebars, if I remember right. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you to my dog on that one. <laughs> um, I used uh, the OnePlus three T. I think I own the OnePlus six T. And now I'm going to have the OnePlus 9 Pro. I've I've used my share of OnePlus phones, and they have never excited me. Like, I, some people love the operating system and the skin. It's okay. It's nothing fantastic or mind-bending. Like, when they went from that shelf garbage to Google Feed, thank you very much. Um, That was really welcome, for sure. Yeah, I... But yeah, so like, I just, I, I, you know, and, and I don't want that to come through in the review because I'm, I'm positive that the, I'm positive that the phone is going to be good. 
I think the camera is probably still fairly questionable. Some people say it's great. Some people say it's still, eh, despite everything that um, OnePlus sold us on the Hasselblad stuff. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll obviously judge that for myself. And now that there's no snow on the ground, I can actually go outside and take good photos. I, um, by the way, I've, I've taken some really great photos for the um, iPhone and Ultra and um, Fold. Mm-hmm photos you know I've, I've taken some good photos there so I, i'm definitely not going to be able to skimp out on the the on the photo comparisons I think, um, um going forward sorry sony but uh <laughs> i would say that the, the actual like sneaky good phone maybe the one to actually have and i say this only having read reviews and first impressions and Compare mm-hmm. actually, I thought this even before I read the reviews, just based on the specs. I think the nine is probably the better value. Okay. Uh, you know, it's a 1080p screen, but it's still 120 hertz. It doesn't have the mm-hmm. the whatever IFTT technology or whatever it is that allows it to do the, the variable refresh rate uh, for the screen. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and it's flat instead of curved, which some people would consider a, a good thing. But I would, yeah, <laughs> it it has that uh, uh, fifty megapixel sensor for the wide angle with that uh, lens that does the crazy optical stuff to get rid of some of the barrel distortion. Mm-hmm. So you're really only just missing the the telephoto, which I mean, while it's nice yeah. to have that, if I if if it has the better of the two cameras as far as what comes on the phone, it has the same processor and it's two hundred and Two hundred fifty ish dollars cheaper, two hundred forty dollars cheaper, something like that. Yeah, they had kind of weird price points, mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard to do that math in your 729, head. Seven twenty nine, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I agree with all of that, and I'm also going to go on record as saying, like, now that I have the Galaxy S twenty one Ultra, telephoto fo- lenses do not impress me anymore. <laughs> like, not even. 10x or gtfo <laughs> honestly actually no i should say 3x and 10x or gtfo because you know just one or the other would leave a lot of lot to be desired in those middle stages yes. but like but um, um 10X but yeah the, when it comes to the 10x on the, uh, the s21 ultra is so good it is it is the really 100x good. is silly but <laughs> it's there that's about all yeah. I can say well, about yeah. it. It's there. No, but I mean, like, the the thing with the Galaxy S21 Ultra is you could reliably go to 30X yeah. and get a decent photo. Like, a social media good right, photo. Exactly. Nothing you're going to print out in frame. You're going to see but, some artifacts like, at 30X. Um, but... Not many. Not much. I mean, Samsung processing is really good yeah. when it comes to that. And that'll come out in the photo uh, comparison, giant photo which comparison? will be coming. My uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be no. I think it's just just gonna be iPhone versus Samsung. Okay. So um, I still have a few different types of photos that I need to capture, specifically like motion heavy photos. And my daughter's uh, uh, trampoline is back up and running, yes. so that's where those are gonna be coming from. Um, and I gotta do a few more like video. One hundred twenty uh, frames per samples. second videos coming up. Uh, uh, you mean? Uh, what was it 920 frames per second? Is that what they do? What? Because there was a 720. Who does? What for the, for the super slow mo? I thought it was 120. But I could be wrong. Oh no! 
No, well, I mean, it, it might do it might do 120 like slow mo. So that's but what I'm, I'm talking about for like yeah. the super super the super slow mo. Oh, yeah. those are just silly. You're just I well because I think well because I think if I remember correctly, the you get 1080p at 120 frames per second, whereas the super slow mo I think is downsampled to like 720p or something like that. Mm. But Again, social anyway. media usable. So, yeah, it was like definitely yeah. a crazy week for phones. Absolutely, it, it was. It's like BBK, just uh, BBK, which is Vivo and uh, Oppo and Realme and yeah. OnePlus. Just they just blew their wad they, for they lack started, of a better term. They started vomiting phones <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I'm excited to get the OnePlus Nine Pro. Um, I the like I said, the last OnePlus phone that I had was the OnePlus Six T, which was not you know still in the good mid range category. But this is like the one that's supposed to be a real true flagship, right. and I'm deeply grateful to Android Central for for allowing me to use that and for allowing me to use that on the podcast because they they would have been had every right to say we're going to send you this phone so you can write content for us and nothing else. You know, they would have been, you know, and I would have I would have abided by that and I probably would have said thanks but no thanks I'll buy my own phone. <laughs> um but uh but no, the the fact that they're doing that is very decent and Absolutely. many props to the uh to the Android Central crew. And you know who else I owe props to? The patrons. Yes. What a segue. So let's let's talk to our patrons. This is our patron shout out for the Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. (laughs) Doubting Thomas. I just got stabbed in the tongue. I hope you don't mind. I don't know. Okay. So this is the patron shout out for um for Doubting Thomas. And and I don't know if I've said this before, but I am going to add in a shout out for any level of patron for the first time that they are a patron. So the first time that they, um, the, for the first month that they are a patron, they get a shout out as well. So, you know, obviously it's, you know, $5 a month or more. If you, if you, if you want a shout out every month, but you know, if you become a patron at any level, you can have a shout out as well. And I, and that segues me nicely into our new patron for the month um, Dave Burns, which I'm, I'm guessing he's D A E F. I'm guessing that's just a, a, a fun way of saying Dave. Um, so Dave, thank you very much. Mike Hahn, who is going to be a guest on ben- Beyond a Doubt next month. Thank you, Mike. And we have Scott Brady. Thank you, Scott. We have Neil Wilson. Thank you, Neil. We have Johan Bresky. Thank you, Johan. We have Michael Kepper. Um, I'm sorry, Michael. Yeah, Michael Kepper, sorry, Kepper. We have Michael Kepper. <laughs> oh boy, I I need to have a conversation with him at some point. Just how do you say your name, man? No, it's, it's Kepper. Michael Kepper. No, it's not. And uh, we have Zachary Palmer. And fi- last but certainly not least, we have Clifton Thomas, who loves the show so much he pays me to work on it. <laughs> Lovingly so. So. Yeah, thank you very much to all of my patrons and especially to Dave for joining on the bandwagon. I hope you uh, enjoy your time here. It's fun. It's a good time. It is a good time. I did want to talk about my smart oven. Oh, right. Yes, I'm sorry. I was going to try to segue. Sorry, go ahead. Let's do an impromptu tech yeah, yeah for your smart oven because you have righteous gas flow. I do. From oh that, my god! From that <laughs> <oven>. <laughs> Back in application API 
bugs, attachment, DevOps, backend, frameworks, backward component, oriented, natural language, software, blue text editor, book margin, Boolean web server. Welcome to Tech Yeah! Literally the first time I, I, I sent a video to um, to Adam and uh, another another friend of ours where I was just trying to, for, for like posterity's sake, just turn it on and say, this is the first time we've used our new oven. And it just, it was like, all, it almost took my eyebrows off. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I visibly like jumped back and I was like, ha! <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know, we might um... have to be adjusting that a little bit, but uh, yeah, so... I've had the same oven since we moved into this house in 2006 and it got to the point where it's same super basic oven, which was fine, but two of the burners were stopped working. So especially if you have like a Thanksgiving here at our house, it was just ridiculous trying to, you know, to cook everything. So it was time. Thanks to, uh, the, um, stimulus check that we got. Hmm. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's what it's for. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm putting money back into the economy, right? So there you go. But uh, yeah, so it's an yep. LG hilariously also branded with the thin Q branding that the, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I know it's everywhere. <laughs> I really wish it was running web OS. Oh my God. But, uh, okay. So yeah, it is, it is, um, you could call it a smart appliance. I mean, I literally, I, you install uh, the LG ThinQ app on your, in this case, my Android phone, and I connected my oven to Wi-Fi. <laughs> and so, what does that give you, though? See, like, and of course, I, I've literally only had it about working about three or four hours now. But uh, in exploring it, so just the, the small stuff like you can update the firmware. For the fact that my oven has firmware is hilarious too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you can update the firmware. Um, I believe it's supposed to be able to connect to um, Google Assistant so that you can do things like uh, schedule a time for your oven to come on. Like if you wanted to put like a pot. Oh, yeah, okay. so that kind of stuff. I think that's really cool how useful it is. I'm not sure. But just I love the fact that I have. I mean, because I, I literally went from like the most. My oven before didn't even have a digital clock. Like nothing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was wow. Really basic. Okay. And this one is like, uh, you know, like even my the oven was controlled by, um, on the previous one was controlled by a rotary knob. Whereas this one actually has a timer built into it. It's all like okay. capacitive touch buttons and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's pretty sweet. But yeah, I just, just, I wonder how that's going to hold up to like grease and stuff like that. Like, you know, like when you're cooking, you get like grease all over everything in the kitchen. Yeah. I, like, I think it's going to be okay because it's got like a film over the, all the, the buttons and stuff. Oh, okay. So I, okay. I think it's going to be okay. And it's also like the, the, the stainless steel that's got like that coating that's supposed to be resistant to like grease and stuff like that. It's supposed to wipe off yes. really well. So that's really yes. nice. Um, and honestly, cool. Now, now, it, it was a thousand dollars, right? We're nine ninety nine, which yeah, is nothing to sneeze at. However, I had to sell my wife on this. Believe me, like she's like, well, we could just get this one that's seven hundred. But I'm like, honey, looking at the Lowe's website, it was like they go up to like eight grand. But it's all relative. Right. I mean, and and with everything yeah. that this one came with, it was just awesome. But yeah, so I have a smart oven that's thin Q branded. I think it's hilarious. 
You know, I've often said that I won't even buy a hamburger unless I can watch Netflix. <laughs> so, um, like, no, having a Wi-Fi connected oven is pretty silly, but also kind of awesome. I'd, I'll be interested to see, like, if you can, like, schedule times yes. to turn on your oven. Or, you know what would be interesting is, like, schedule, um, I don't know, even routines to, like, let you know if you forgot to turn the oven off. I wouldn't be surprised, like, actually, if you could do that. Yeah. I've done... I've done that like with my oven, like it's not a smart oven, but like I'll cook something, pull it out of the oven, and we'll get like halfway through dinner before we're like, why is it so hot? In <laughs> you here? forget to turn the oven on. <laughs> yeah, like it would be, uh, it would be kind of cool. Like you know, especially you know, would be really sweet is uh, like if you could, you know, program almost program in like a recipe and say like, okay, I'm putting in the potatoes now. Turn off the oven in 25 minutes or something I like that. I think you can. You know? I think you can actually do that. Oh, yeah. cool! And it's also, so, yeah, I get, as an aside, it's also a uh, an air fryer, which is really weird. Which I guess, oh, nice. yeah, it's all in one thing. It's great. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, actually, it's hot. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go buy an oven now. <laughs> <laughs> a thing queue of it. But um, you uh, said you're yeah, thing queuing about it at least. I'm think I'm thing queuing about it. No, I'm not. But um, all right. Well, that's fun. you know thanks for thanks for sharing that because that's fun. I think that's that is that is a little silly that you have a ThinQ branded um, oven and yet we might not get any more LG phones. So we'll see. I mean, Way you know, ended on a happy note. Uh, well, no, I mean, because once again, you know, we talked about this during the week or not last week. Uh, we talked about the LG rollable phone getting its Bluetooth SIG yes. certification. And generally, you don't get certification on things unless you tend to actually sell Correct. it. So, you know, we'll see. And um, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. With LG's LG, uh, chairman of, of mobile devices or whatever, I don't know what the position was, denied that they're getting out of the phone business, even though everything points yeah. to them getting out of it. Their since global, they, could, they tried to sell it to, it was like... It was a couple different places. It was like a combination of, was it, no, Volkswagen... And some Vietnamese yeah, company. Yeah, it was a strange yeah. buyer. I'm like, what Volkswagen? <laughs> but so, I mean, I'm sure LG would be probably pretty happy if somebody would mm-hmm. buy their mobile division. But I don't know if that means that they're going to get out of it entirely. You have to wonder though, so. because, and I, I don't want to dwell on this too long. I know you're on a deadline, but like, does that mean a little bit that is? It, because they'll still, I'm sure, manufacture displays and things like that for other people. Is it just like what does selling yeah. the mobile division really mean? Is it just the the? Is it like an aqua hire with te- with the talent? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But because they also hmm. make batteries and a whole bunch of other stuff for for mobile devices and other stuff. Anyway. Yeah. You'd think you'd think they could just make all this stuff for other people and then just like slap it together for themselves, you know, with, right. with like the extras that they have laying around. But all right, anyway, um, yeah, we should probably go ahead and wrap things up. So I guess that is going to do it for this edition of the Doubting Thomas Monthly Recap for March of 2021. And April is right around the corner. And no, we will not be doing anything on the benefit of a doubt podcast for April Fool's Day because. Because it it really kind of hurts when brands try too hard. So we're we're not going to do it. Maybe next year. Maybe next year we'll do something. Um, but this is also marks the one year anniversary for the podcast. Really? So uh, we're uh, we're going. Yeah, 
uh, May 20, or I'm sorry, March 27th, if mm. I remember correctly, was the first. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to look that up because I can. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is our this is our one year anniversary um, of the podcast and other podcasts with, you know, bigger staffs would probably have put something together, something nice together <laughs> to honor that occasion. But I'm just me and. I'm way too busy to do stuff like well, that. I did. Sorry. I did order a hat. Um, uh, oh, you did. You did. Yeah, I saw you. I saw you made that. And actually, you know what? Today, to the day, March 25th, was when I first published No One to Fold Them, the ultra premiere episode mm. with the Mr. Mobile. Nice. So, yeah. So it was today, and then I did two more episodes that week or i should say that was a wednesday so i did two more uh, t- one more episode that week and then the final two on sunday because i i premiered with four different episodes when are you, getting, when are you so, gonna get the fisher back on here i don't know we should we should go fishing and see if we can reel him in maybe uh and now that i've down? said that he is never going to come on this show again he may not actually he may not actually talk to me anymore <laughs> but but no, uh, yeah, we should we should get him on for a little beyond a doubt action, or maybe just a monthly recap because guess could, he can. You guys could uh, s- simulcast watch uh, an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation and talk about it. We could. We I, it, I, this this would not be the first time that I have pitched him on a Star Trek <laughs> podcast. Trust me. Oh, um, I would. We we oh, did some pretty God. fun things with uh, Techbeard. With the yeah, intros. we did. We oh that's right I remember that now but all right, all right. Um, so for the final time I'm going to wrap this up and actually close out the episode and I'm going to thank you all for listening and for giving us the benefit of the doubt. <laughs>